If you love what we're doing and you would like to support us further, then just by being a listener, which we absolutely thank you for, you can really help us out by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a five-star review. That really helps people find us because analytics equal search results and the whole world is one freaking algorithm. Um, if you leave us a review, we will read it on the air. So if you love hearing stuff that you've written on the air, here's your chance. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash noisy fulfillment. That's facebook.com slash N-O-I-S. S-Y-F-U-L-F-I-L-L-M-E-N-T, where you can comment on stuff, react to stuff, and also message us. You can also email us at noisyfulfillment at gmail.com. That's N-O-I-S-Y-F-U-L-F-I-L-L-M-E-N-T at gmail.com. Also, you can become a patron by contributing 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99 per month by going to anchor.fm slash noisyfulfillment. That is A-N-C- H-O-R period F-M slash N-O-I-S-Y-F-U-L-F-I-L-L-M-E-N-T. Moving forward, we would like to reward our patrons with live watches and bonus content and other goodies, but we're just not there yet. But just so everyone knows, I really have confidence in us, so I already roped Amanda into this and to keep her on the hook, I bought her a microphone. So if you contribute, we can buy Amanda some other fun stuff, and then she'll feel like she has to continue and she can't leave us. Um, financial support also helps us distribute the podcast and other things associated with having a podcast that costs us money out of our own pocket. So any support you can give us is truly appreciated. Hello, I am Rachel, and welcome to Noisy Fulfillment, a Desperate Housewives rewatch podcast where we take you back in time, episode by episode, of ABC's Desperate Housewives. If you're joining us for the first time, that makes total sense because this is our first episode of our first podcast. First episode! More than likely, this will also be an outrageously long episode because, like any pilot, we have a lot of work to do. And while the pilot episode of Desperate Housewives does all these things masterfully, um, this is going to be far less masterful, but it will be infinitely better because we have one thing here at Noisy Fulfillment that DH does not have, and that is my amazing co-host, Miss Amanda Baum. Amanda, thank you for doing this with me. (laughs) I'm so excited. It's kind kind of cool, kind of fun. I'm Amanda Baum. I... Um, I'm a seventh grade math teacher. And I am Rachel Warren, and I was a high school English teacher, and I'm in higher education, and that's how Amanda and I met, and I talked her into doing something completely not related to teaching her school with me. Um, and this is my this is my self-care, and I'm so, so excited that I could talk you into this. So And while I hope you'll do every episode with me, anytime Amanda or I uh, have a co-host or a friend of the pod coming on, we're planning to ask the same question, which is, what is your Desperate Housewives origin story? How did you watch the show? When did you first watch the show? So, you know, tell me all the things. Amanda, tell me your Desperate Housewives origin story. So I watched it. I don't think I started it right when the show started, but I definitely watched it while it was um, being broadcast. I know I had to go um, go to Netflix and order some DVDs to get caught up on the early seasons, but I definitely was in it when it was happening. And I, I feel like it was either a Wednesday or Thursday night. I could be remembering it wrong, but I remember like being ready to watch it because if you missed it, you had to wait for the DVD. And it was. It was during this weird time in broadcasting, right? Um, So we'll talk about this, but it was uh, October 3rd, 2004 that the pilot uh, debuted on ABC. And it was, I I call this like no man's land, where Mm -hmm. you, you didn't have a lot of people who still had a VHS player where they could record if they were to miss something. So if they were to miss something, you had to go to, you had to wait to the next week and you had to hope that the serialization of the the series would bring you... Yeah, it would bring you up to speed, and it often wasn't. So the the first time that you would see an episode that you missed was, you know, when they're in reruns for the summer. Right, right. and there, there's so much that happens in these episodes that, like, you can't get caught up unless you just watch it or read the script. For sure, and the, you know, the thing about watching it in 2021 where everything is binge-worthy and, you know, the, 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 as a marketing ploy, um, that's one of the things that I think is my new lens, right? So um, 
my origin story is that I did watch the show back in 2004 when it debuted. I was 15 and I believe at least one of my sisters who, uh, and my, both of my sisters were in their 30s at the time, but at least one of my sisters was watching it with me, but not in the same house as me and, and not faithfully if I remember correctly. So part of the fun of this rewatch for me is that I watched the series for the first time when I was basically the Julie of this series mm -hmm. and now I feel like I'm living the life of one of the housewives. It's kind of, it's kind of funny too to be able to have the ability to binge it and like I, I rewatched episode one and then I had to stop myself from watching the next one because I just really I really like the mystery of what's going to happen next and I have the memory of a fish so I can't remember <laughs> what happens like I remember the big picture stuff but like I got to the end of the episode and I was like oh what happens even though I've already watched it so and the subtle nuances, like the things that I do forget. You're right. I can remember some big things, but how did we, how did they get it here? And, and you put those back together. So yeah, that's going to be really fun. And you brought up another good point, which is, um, we're going to consume this text differently because it's not necessarily binging as you podcast rewatch it, but it's certainly some, there's some delay and that I find myself watching three episodes at a time and having to go back. So it, it will be, it will be really different. And the lens of um, back then is, oh, I hope I'm like Lynette when I grow up and I'm really, and I'm super clever or I hope I, you know, I hope I'm adorable like uh, Susan and now, um, you know, thinking about those different roles that that played and might, how, how that might have, you know, made me the mom I am that I'm watching it now in my 30s, that I'm watching it as uh, as a desperate housewife <laughs> instead of a Julie. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those, I hope I never do this or I hope I never do that. Or back then I said, I hope I never do this like this person did. And now I, I just realized, yeah, man, best not to judge lest you be judged in your stone, in your glass house. Right, right. I think it's also interesting, like, watching just that one episode now, um, things that I thought, like, were I perceived a certain way when I did watch it versus how I perceive it now. You know, like, how you're saying, would you hope to grow up to be a Lynette? But, like, now when you're looking at Lynette through the lens of the person you are now, do you think about it differently? And definitely what we thought was okay in 2004. Ooh. Uh, ooh, yes. Uh, you might hear us multiple times on this podcast say, ooh, that didn't age well. Yeah, that's problematic. That's that is not a fine wine. <laughs> um, so I had a couple of those notes from episode one already. Def oh, oh, gosh, I can't wait for this. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Uh, so something uh, about both Amanda and myself we already talked about is that we're teachers and we're used to asking a lot of questions. So we're already planning to start every podcast with a question that seeks to frame the episode. Unfortunately, I couldn't choose between two this week, Amanda. You're going to do better than me next week. Um when you pick the all. questions. Yay. Well, I, but next week you're going to ask the questions to frame it. So my questions to frame this episode, what food item do you bring to the wake that is representative of your whole personhood? They narrow these women down to the food they bring uh, to the wake as being, you know, representative of them as a whole. So if you're going to bring a food to that wake, what's it going to be? Oh my gosh. Um... Probably a charcuterie board because Ooh. it's just so complex. Like I can never, like I can't decide what food I would bring. So I would bring the food that would be all of the foods. Like I, I feel like I can't nail it down to one thing. So I would, I would be bringing something that would show some creativity and some effort, but very clearly I couldn't pick. So I just collaged it all together. That's kind of who I am oh. in a nutshell, I think. How about you? I am so for a good charcuterie board. Oh gosh, I'm so it's, that it's, it's a good it's answer. It's like the um, lunchables for adults. Yes, literally. What's wrong with it. It's perfection. No, literally. I think they have, and you know, it's kind of it's kind of cheesy, but the one at the grocery store that is made by the same brand that makes lunchables, and they are like a wow. gouda and. <laughs> They're not nearly as good as the charcuterie board that you would make, Amanda. So, no, um, that, that I love that you're going to show the, the the creativity and you're going to, I'm assuming you're going to chop this stuff up and you're going to yeah. make it on your own board. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely. For sure. 100%. See, 
See, I'm channeling my Susan uh, that my cooking is, and even my cutting skills apparently, they're just, yeah, people deserve better than what I can, I can offer them. Uh, so maybe I ordered a charcuterie board and uh, I put it on something of mine and I hope nobody will ask me because I won't lie if they ask me, oh, did you make this yourself? No, but I made it to Kroger before they closed. So and are that's you gonna ask for that board back. Are you gonna make sure to say? Oh, cringe! Oh, oh, we're getting we're getting so in. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, we're gonna get there. Um. So my other question. Okay. Um. Oh, sorry. What was I? I sort of said. Yeah, I will. I will order something. So I would order fruit, or I would order and uh, fruit in a dip, or so, or something like that. I I would have done something like that and ordered it from somewhere and put it. Uh, some, some on something that looks like I gave it some effort, but I just, it's only because I care too much about people to let them eat my bad cooking. Your bad macaroni uh, cheese. My awful macaroni and cheese. Um, so my second question kind of brings us into the mystery and the cliffhanger of the episode when we get there is what is the one, what is the thing that we'll find while we're packing away your possessions after an untimely demise that would intrigue us most? Oh, what's in your closet, Amanda? I, well, I don't even know. I mean, right. I have a lot of stuff. I don't, mm -hmm. probably, probably what would be most intriguing. So I'm a knitter, but like, I'm a 75% of the project kind of knitter before I'm ready to move on to something else. <laughs> but well, if you were to have to pack up my craft room, you would be like, huh, like, looking at all of the half finished or three quarter <laughs> finished like projects I have from the last 10 years, you would, you would probably have some questions, I think. But like, why did she handle this? Like it, you know, but why did she lose interest in this? Was it, right. you know, again, if it was an untimely demise, it's, Oh, look, she kept trying to start things and something right. stopped her. And what, what's the pathology? How do we follow this to, to figure out what happened to you? And again, I'm, I'm so, I'm so putting the Mary Alice of it all on you right now. Perfect. Perfect. How about yourself? What would be the thing? So I think what people would be most um, intrigued by is that I usually tend to have my shiitake together in in public and if you get in my car if I knew you were getting in my car I probably cleaned it for you it, it you know I'm giving off this Instagram kind of life that oh yes I always have extra tissues for you and I always have breath mints to offer people and you know oh wow you know I wish I were as organized as that person um if you know you can't hide anything from the people that clean your house and the people that clean my house now would tell you, man, oh man, how, how does she get up in the morning? Because your toothpaste is over here and the cap to it's over here. And mm. I, like, you, oh my gosh. So I think what people find most intriguing is that this is all, a, this has all been a facade. Uh, and, and like, wow, I am shocked. She has made it to, uh, to, to certain, to certain meetings looking like she was supposed to be there, um, which could be the imposters, could be the imposters syndrome too but man I, I just think if you saw my my fridge you'd be like I I just don't even know how, how I, I don't even know what this is like so uh oh okay so next week Amanda I can't wait your fridge is a Monica's closet is what you're saying yes oh and uh, we call it goo hoarding in my house it's like why is it that you have a ketchup bottle that has this much ketchup in it when we have a full bottle of ketchup just you know get rid of the other one yeah. I mm -hmm. I credit generational poverty is that, well, now I think I have two ketchups and it means something to me that I hold on to two ketchups. Like, look, we can afford two ketchups now. I've really made it. I get it. I feel it. I feel okay. It. Okay. Well, this week we're breaking down season one, episode one, simply called Pilot. And this first aired October 3rd, 2004, written by Mark Cherry of Golden Girls fame, which was another favorite of mine. Yes. And directed by Charles McDougall, who did, among other things, The Office, House of Cards, Queer as Folk. He has a, he has a very pedigreed uh, background here, so I'm really excited to, to work through this one with you. Um, so, uh, Amanda, would you like to hit us with a summary? Oh, gosh. Wow. Um, so, we learn about Mary Alice and just how perfect she is and how she goes through her routine of basically putting the facade up that everything's great. She's judging every single thing. And then she pulls out a gun and shoots herself in the head. Just 
to end her day and her nosy neighbor comes over because she hears the blast and um you know comes over pretending to return a blender which i thought was hilarious and then <laughs> ends up keeping the blender after calling <laughs> calling 911 so maybe she wanted it to remember her by <laughs> when she took the label I was like you're a monster I forgot you're a monster. <sighs> oh I love your character already yes. so then we you know we attend the wake of uh, Mary Alice and we we realize that the four women were great friends with her and we kind of get some insight into some different situations that look perfect but are kind of a Monica's closet of dysfunction uh, Rachel's refrigerator if you will Rachel's, but Amanda's unfinished knitting projects <laughs> um, and then we kind of realized that there's potentially something dark that Mary Alice was holding onto and I love that I can't remember what it is because I'm so excited to unravel it so oh I'm so excited for you oh this is awesome yes, I can't wait to find out what's at the bottom of the pool so um <laughs> So we, we get introduced to the women and the hot new neighbor that moves in that's going to be Susan's love interest. and Fireworks between her and Edie. Literal fireworks or actual fire. So Did it yeah. done? Kind of my squirrel's shiny balloon summary. Well, there's a lot going on. There's so much to unpack here. So I thought I thought you did I thought you did phenomenally as an as an English teacher who would have approached that just the same way uh, by saying somebody wanted yeah. this, but so then here's where we are. So yeah. way to go! If I had applause or if I knew how to use applause yet, I might learn. Um, yeah. I, I would put them in there. Um, so I, I love in just that the, the opening scene that you talk about, um, Mary Alice talks about when you read this morning's paper, you might come across the unusual day I had last week. I did my chores. I, I ran my errands. I did all the things that I normally do. And look at this polished, beautiful, insta-worthy uh, life that, that I that I have. And which is why it would be really surprising that I went and got a gun that I'd never used before. And the rest is history. Uh, found by Martha Hooper. It seems like a messy way for a person such as herself to sort of put some finality on things. Same. And I just think about, I've seen Sunshine Cleaning, but I just think about the fact that somebody is going to find me, I suppose, because I already have a love slash hate relationship with, Mar with Mrs. Hooper. I'm delighted that I guess it was her instead of her young son or her husband, but that would always... Yeah, that was really, yeah, that was something. I yeah. agree. Very hard there. Um, I'm really bad with my ums. I'm going to get better at it, but I am bad with my ums. Um, yes. Um, introducing the housewives and the food they bring. Again, we talked, uh, we said what we would bring. Uh, Lynette Scavo brings chicken from a fast food restaurant. Um, uh, and her you know. wild children. Oh, gosh, yes, and no husband. Yeah, of course, of course. But she has a plan for how she's going to get the kids to behave, and I find it devious and, and perfect. Uh, what what do you think of the, the plan the of... <laughs> yeah. Pulling Santa's phone number out of her bra. I thought it was, um, like, real threatening, and <laughs> um, it. I think it's too bad it didn't work. Uh, I they really do not they do not care i really feel for lynette man i remember how i felt about lynette's situation after watching that first episode because she's got it pretty rough pretty, pretty rough. rough i mean man oh man i be like that moment where you you just like Man, remember when I thought this was a great idea? And again, it's not to uh, belittle anybody who has multiple children, but I, as a parent of one, I sometimes think to myself, "Man, if I can't get this right, there is just something wrong with me." Um, and then I watch, I, I watch Lynette, and I'm like, I think it might not matter how many kids I have; it would always be this hard for me if I had one or I had five. Whereas I look at Lynette, and I'm like, no, she she would have this all together if it wasn't for you know. She could, if she didn't have three extra kids. Uh. Right. And a husband who's a kid. Right. <laughs> oh, the man child. Yes. We'll get, oh, Tom. We'll, we'll get to Tom. Unpack Tom. So, uh, what are the other ones? 
Um, Susan brought the horrible macaroni and cheese and then threw it away once she realized everybody had seen that she brought it. Three in those muffins and those beautiful baskets that she wanted. Oh, oh yes. Okay, so I have to ask that. Okay, I've 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 heard it both ways, and both people seem to be insulted um, when this happened. Uh, my neighbor brought me muffins when we moved in, and it was on a beautiful um, ceramic. Um, uh, pineapple, I think it was. And I wanted to keep it so bad. I, I wanted it to be part of my collection in my home, but I, I was like, I think the etiquette on this is that I'm just supposed to wash it and bring it back and then we can have another dialogue. Um, oh, yeah. I wanted to keep it so bad. What, where do you fall on that? If it's ceramic and nice, we have to send it back. But for me, if it was plastic, I'd recycle it. I think that if, if it's somebody, I think it comes down to how well you know the person. Like, okay. if it's somebody you don't know, like if I if I am taking some baked goods to the people across the street that I've never met before, I'm probably going to, like, on the giving end of it, I'm probably going to give it to them in something I intend for them to keep. Um, okay. But, I mean, if I'm, like, showing up at somebody's house for a, a potlucky kind of get-together and I bring it on one of my plates. Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to scrape everything off and like put it in baggies for them when I leave and take my plate home. I, yeah, absolutely. Like I think about my neighbor girls and I, when we make each other cupcakes or treats or whatever, we always use like the sort of disposable, but not, um, mm-hmm. Tupperware with a blue lid, you know, yeah, yeah. Like nobody, nobody ever like walks that back over after you take out what they've made for you. But what we probably are doing and not even realizing it is just, passing the same Tupperware around from person to person because like <laughs> I get something from Julie and then I make something for Kristen and take it to Kristen and in the Tupperware I got from Julie, you know, but at least you're not adding to the, you know, the, the need for a growing need for more Tupperware or something, to, you know, right. 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 We're in a good place there. I yeah. would also say that it's different for me when I'm the gift giver. I do not ever expect to get, if you ask me to borrow something, I don't even expect to get it back. It's not going to ruin my friendship. If you, you steal my microphone or so, I don't know my blender, you keep it forever. I mean, the only thing that, well, I guess if I, I don't know if I could, if I, I don't know, maybe blender is different, but yeah, my Tupperware, give me a break. But yes, her baskets, cringe. This one is just for you and Zachary to enjoy tomorrow morning. These are for your guests. Of course, I will need the baskets back, and it's just so well executed. Yes. But, but I need I'm sorry. This is this is part of me being a desperate housewife as my child comes what, in. What's how's up? your trampoline? I need a glue stick. Uh, well, good luck. Um, Daddy can take care of it when he gets home. Otherwise, improvise. Love you. This is my Lynette parenting style, and I'm actually going to keep that in the podcast. I am so not going to hide this mess. I think you should. Um, I I think that Brie, like, it just, I feel like it was tacky. Like, it was, in all of your grief, I'm going to need you to give me these baskets back. Like There there it is for me. Is This did not meet the moment. Don't give me yeah. a chore to do. No. Mm-mm. The heck. Um, all right, what about Gabriella Solis and her spicy paella? Totally inappropriate, as was her dress for the event. Like, what are we doing? And did you feel like appropriating? I mean, just, I, there, there are a couple strands I pulled at. I don't know. There's a no. couple strands I pulled at there. I didn't think about that, but I could see. I mean, yeah, maybe. And maybe, again, there will be times that I am more overly sensitive, and there are times that I will, I will misstep and have some insensitivity. I absolutely, but I don't know. That one cringed me and I thought it was, I thought that it was maybe a racial undertone that I was hyper aware of or, or worried about. Could be. There was a lot that yeah. went on in that house that made me a little cringy. We're going to have, yeah, we're going to have so much to, to talk about there for sure. Yeah. Uh, did we get everybody? We have Gabrielle. Yeah, we got all four. All right. Well, again, I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not judged by the food I bring to awake, because no matter what, I'm going to disappoint you. And this is not a day for anybody to be more disappointed. I think honestly, the best thing to bring are that like the the cheesy potatoes or the funeral sandwiches. Like you know, those are always going to be a hit at those events because that's what they're. That's where people expect to eat them the most, you know. And put it on a dang disposable tin that nobody has to even clean. 
Thank you. Check. That's it. Um, Something that struck me uh, on the way there is Julie and um, her mother have a conversation about, well, I don't understand why Mrs. Young would would kill herself. She always looked so happy. And and Susan says, well, some people, you know, appear to be one way on the outside and they're totally different inside, which, you know, that's, we, we all feel that right my refrigerator all, all sorts of things uh but it, it what, what the punchline for me is it reveals how um close julie and her mother are and that they have a somewhat non-traditional relationship as mother and daughter um when she says uh, oh you mean how dad's girlfriend is always smiling and saying nice things but deep down you know she's a bitch and yeah. susan said you know i don't like that word julie but yeah that's, that's a great right. example <laughs> yep Oh, so, so I, I immediately was struck by that, and that I, that as a 15-year-old, I'm like, I want my mom to talk to me like that, and, uh, and now as a mother myself, I'm like, I do not, so maybe I didn't, but, you know, you try to be the adult that you needed when you were a kid, but I don't know that my daughter and I need to, I don't know, I don't know about that. I don't know, I guess we'll find out when she's 15, huh? Yeah, we'll see, you'll see. You got a while, you have a while. Yeah, um... All right, so we take it to getting there, and there's an empty chair at the the table where Mary Alice would have been sitting. Mm-hmm. And um, Susan starts reflecting on the the affair that her husband had, and how her friends were all there for her. Mm-hmm. Um, what were what were your thoughts there? Um, I thought it was a really interesting. Like I thought it was a good way for them to connect to the past with that pouring of the coffee, and I. I oh, was that beautiful? That. Cinematography it was, was beautiful there. It really was. And like that sitting around the table drinking coffee so informally, like I think it it lets us in on how close of friends they were. But um I thought that was I thought it was interesting in the in the present day conversation when they were kind of talking about how if something was wrong, she should have talked about it. But like they all have stuff that's wrong that they're not talking about. So like Ding they, ding they, ding. Like, yeah, they're kind of judging her on the, well, this, she would have told us, but she didn't. And they're not telling each other things either. So literally when, um, when Susan said, I'm just so mad at Mary Ellis, you know, and Gabby says, well, her life was perfect. It was, you know, when it says it was our life, Ooh, that's, you know, we reflect on that. But Gabby says, no, you, if she were having some kind of crisis, we would have known we live, you know, right across the street. And she said, Susan's, well, she killed herself, so obviously something was going on. Right, right. And it makes me sad. I think about my friends that uh, have suffered in, in multiple times of their life uh, with a, you know, someone had an affair or the loss of a, a child or a loss of a family member and how many of them were grieving and, and didn't let me know. And I think that's yeah. a hard thing. I think I think we as people generally, like, don't want to burden people with our own stuff but there there comes a, a moment where if it gets to be too much like I don't know you should have said something but then how do you backtrack and say something when you're already in that crisis mode right absolutely and uh, let's all you know let's just all air our dirty laundry and our our fridges with the you know goo with the the goo hoarding uh, let's make it clear go have a podcast and tell everybody about your gross refrigerator everything right <laughs> finished projects everywhere well the the tenderness of this moment you know we we, we get a couple of things here uh, like you talked about we meet mike delfino who is the new neighbor who is scrumptious i get, you know what i feel like that's objectifying maybe it's probably i'm problematic but just very handsome man very handsome, very handsome, and mysterious. That mystery is, you know, captivating. Did you see where Julie? She clocks this. She clocks that her mom made a connection with this this hot guy. Yes, yes. Loved her strategy for getting to know more about him too. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can. Yeah, we can fast forward to that. So, uh, so I don't. You know, with that being said, I am. Ha- I am happily married. Don't need to meet anybody else. But man, your her Julie is just there for Susan. She is just clutch um, yeah. with with uh, the frisbee. Right, frisbee. Wait. Soccer ball. Soccer ball. Frisbee's later. Ball. Okay. Yeah. That's quite. I, might I add? That's quite a kick if you're kicking from the street into a two-story house's backyard. I I wonder about that. Cuz she I don't know that she can kick the ball like that. 
That was great. I would not know that you can't kick a soccer ball that far. I mean, it, I feel like it would take a lot. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like it would. there'd need to be a lot of trajectory to get that ball over the top of a two-story house. I could be wrong. Maybe it's easier than I think. Amanda, I was worried when we just decided to do this podcast that we're just too similar. We have so much in common. Uh, I found a piece of our biography that is going to be uniquely, that the, the podcast will uniquely benefit from is my absolute lack of sports knowledge and your apparent knowledge that that is a far, a, a, that's a far length to kick a soccer ball. It just seems really high. It just seems really high. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm, but, try. I'm like looking across the street at our neighbor's two-story house and wondering if I could kick the ball over the top of it. I don't know. Tell them for reasons of our podcast, you're going to have to give it a couple tries and you're sorry about uh, anything that you break in the process. Send, yeah. send the bill to our Patreon that we hope to have someday because uh, this podcast is going to let us retire uh, way, way above time. Hopefully uh, by August. Just kidding. So, Pam, back to Lynette's kids, right? Tender yeah. moment. Uh, uh, not as supportive as Julie, I gotta say. They're they're probably not going to be as uh, resourceful in helping Lynette uh, if she were to ever be single again. Because her children, uh, man, they premeditated crime. Tell us about that premeditated crime. Those little turkeys um, <laughs> wore their swimsuits under their funeral clothes and went into the pool. Like, and then stood there with their little arms crossed while their poor mom, dressed in black, grieving for her friend, holding her baby, out of the pool and they won't. And when she walks into that pool in her high heels to rip them out, I was like, you go, Lynette, and where is your husband? But, you know, and I think we've all been there where we've seen our friends struggling with their kid or just a, a complete stranger struggling with their kids in public and you want to support them, you want to, you want to, what, what can I do to help? And everybody's just standing around looking. But at the same time, she's masterful. Uh, they're not getting out of that pool, so she gets in and then, oh goodness, it's just, it's just too much. And as a teacher, I know I've been in that standoff with a student before where I'm like, man, you gotta stop and you almost tempt them to do it further and also there's 30 of them and one of me um yeah, yeah. I felt that standoff before so yeah yeah you go Lynette you go we're, we're I, there for you I just loved her thrusting the baby into that man's arms <laughs> she could go in the pool I trust you with my child that was yeah. a great compliment I yeah. said you could go by the pool um well it leads us to kind of the, the this this first look at uh Paul Paul Young uh, Mary Alice's uh, husband, uh, now widowed, he yeah. uh, he looks antagonistic here. He does. He does. He also was doing some lurking around the corner earlier, kind of doing some some listening. But yeah, we kind of ha- we kind of get our first glimpse of something might be hiding under the surface, so to speak. Ooh, and and it's the pool that seems to elicit that response. He's looking so reflectively into, again, any reflective surface as an English major, they're thinking about, they're, they're reflecting on themselves and thinking about what, what lies beneath, right? So yes, can't wait to get there. Um, we talked about Julie gathering information on Mike. Um, and again, just kind of indicative of that relationship later on after the wake. Uh, she, uh, you know, Julie is uh, encouraging Susan to go after Mike and a question again. I'm not sure I'm ever going to be okay with my kids saying, yeah, mom, how long has it been since he had sex? Right. I was, I was like, Ooh, Ooh, is she going to answer this? Like, Hmm, how, where is this going to go? And her answer, you know, Julie said, are you mad that I asked you that? And she said, no, I'm just trying to remember. And Julie tilts her head to one side. And, you know, again, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting relationship. Problematic for me now, but as a 15 year old, it made me, it was like, oh, look at that. How sweet, it, you know, just how mm-hmm. cool would that be? I'm not there. So I must not think it's cool at 30. I don't think it's cool at 44. No. Good. So, well, I guess we should have a difference of opinion on that one, make it more interesting. But, uh, yeah, no. maybe it's fun to watch, and it's just not something for me to engage in. Mostly like sports. That'll work for me. Uh, um, so Susan does end up bringing a plant to Mike. Uh, but just before 
it seems somebody else is interested. So this is a, a, a catfight antagonist check-in. What do we got with Edie? The Edie Brett, she is just gonna, she's gonna be working on whatever she sees that she wants to work on. And that, I, I don't know, I feel like they put her together as this super, super, um, I don't want to say put together because I just said it, but I think that's the right word for it. Like yeah. super put together and like on the prowl. And they kind of make Susan a little bit of like the, the klutzy clown, I guess, in this case. They, right. I, I don't know. I, which is weird because I don't find her to be that way. I find her to be just a elegant, smart, yeah. accomplished, creative woman. And I, I really struggled with the way that they pitted her against Edie and kind of made her look like the, like, Bad, like she was going to have some bad luck in this situation and Edie was going to win. I don't know. And that might be a way in which 2004 um, isn't aging well when it comes to pitting female characters against one another and, and that competition, mm -hmm. competition, competition and that we try to dismantle now with with mm -hmm. young women is that one, we're not in competition with one another. We're in competition mm -hmm. with every other person in the world, gender, right. gender non-discriminatory. Non um, but that it's specific here, right? And I, I agree. You have that. You have like this good girl image and this bad girl image, and mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot problematic there. Um, in particular, uh, that Edie Britt was the most predatory divorcee in a five block radius. Now, yikes! Uh, there's a lot of ways in which I'm going to have a problem with how Edie is. I I prefer to say sex shamed instead of slut shamed, but I have a problem with the way she's yeah. portrayed in terms of this 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 like this you know. She's very in charge of her body. She's very in charge of her sexuality. And I don't think that that needs to be villainized. But that's a 2004 thing, man. And it was from the jump, too. And I also, yeah. thinking back, she wasn't at the wake. So, like, yeah. is, that, is that a way of, of further victimizing her? Like, she's not part of the circle and putting her on the outside of the circle? And you we'll, know, yeah. everything in the neighborhood was at the wake, but, like, they didn't show her. So... And Thank is she you. just uncaring, unfeel you know, it's not rounded out. Right. Definitely true. Oh, awesome. Um, and then that, you know, in Mary Alice's voiceover, Susan had met the enemy and she was a slut. I mean, just. Oh, oh, that, yeah, that made me, that made me a little uncomfortable hearing her described like that. And I don't, I don't think that you do that in 2021. Yeah. And we shouldn't have in 2004, but we will see other things that we shouldn't do in either time, 2004 or 2021, right? So yeah. we get over to the Solis house, right? And um, we have, oh goodness, that, you know, Gabrielle is saying, you know, it's business, or yeah, uh, that, I'm oh, sorry. Um, so uh, what is Carlos? Carlos. Gosh, there we go. Um, Carlos says, you know, this is business. Everybody is expected to bring their wife. And, and Gabrielle's like, yeah, but every time I am around Tanaka, who is the bad the bad guy of business, apparently, every time I'm around that man, he tries to grab my ass. And, and Carlos says, you know, I made over 200000 doing business with him. If he wants to grab your ass, you let him. What? No, you, you don't, it, there's no amount of money that it's okay for you, your husband to make for him to offer you up to be like sexually assaulted at a business dinner. Like that's not, that's not okay. But I even think back to like earlier in the show where Carlos was trying to get Gabby to tell how much her necklace was worth. Mm. Like it doesn't really seem like a lot of love. It seems like a lot of show. Like she's a trophy wife, like in every mm -hmm. sense of the, of the word or phrase, I mean. Absolutely. And yeah, particularly, yeah, uh, it seems like it's a, it's a problematic relationship and yeah. there's going to be a lot that we need um, to talk about there. And, you know, when Gabby says, I don't like the way you're talking to me. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't like how much I spend on your necklace, but um, I'm learning to deal with it. And that, that idea that this is a transaction. Yeah, um, and sure. yeah, that was something. However, we find that she, you know, again, He's busy. There's, yes! <laughs> Keeps busy getting busy. Um, statutory rape. Right. 
Yeah, so Gabby and John are having an affair, and I don't even like phrasing it that way because he is a child. This is not an affair. He is being victimized, and boy, did that not age well. But also, is it in in no time is that okay? It's not about an aging thing. It's just I did not when I was fifteen watching this. I didn't think this boy is this this young man is being raped. I thought, you know. It was just, yeah, tough. And now watching that back, if if I were to find out one of my friends was having an affair with one of the children in my neighborhood, yeah, the hell would I do? <laughs> it's illegal. It's illegal. And also, why was this boy there cutting their shrubs during the day? He should have been at school. It was a work day. Carlos was leaving for work. I did not. I did not. I did not clock that. Thank you, Amanda. Yes. Cutting class to cut the rose bushes. That's not okay. Well, he's cutting. He's cutting class to all sorts of things. Um, but yes, he's the teenage gardener, right? Um, and yes, and and yes, she she feels that she's getting back at Carlos a little bit here uh, by having this encounter on the table that he uh, brought in. Where's Milan? Uh, Italy, I think she yeah. did, or did she say somewhere more specific? I don't know. Regardless, we're, we're supposed to know that it's very expensive. It's very important to Carlos. So let's go ahead and like just fuck right on top of it. Right on top of it. Right on top of it. Yeah. My, yeah. yeah. And no protection. It didn't seem like there was protection involved. I, yeah, I get, we didn't you know? get that close, but yeah. Man, oh well, man. I mean, they just kind of went for it and did it. <laughs> like it they took a pause. To there's do. no work. There's there's work involved with making sure that these things. Oh. Before eighth hour. I mean, he's. Oh my gosh. That, oh, oh, what if he was in my class eighth hour? Oh my goodness. Oh. oh, oh poor children. Poor children. Oh, the things I didn't know. Oh my goodness. Um. <laughs> He let us know he was a kid when he asked if he could have a drag of her cigarette, and she said, no, you're too young. Like, he's too young for all of it, Gabby, really, not just the cigarette. Yeah, it, but her explanation, right, uh, that, that you know, well, if you love your husband, and yes. why are we, then why are we doing this? Well, because I don't want to have the um, notion one day to blow my brains out. Mm-hmm. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did takes... like her. She said when he said, "Then why are you with him? Why are you?" Mm. With him? He said, "Because he said I could have everything I wanted." And he said, "Did did he give it to you?" And she said, "Yes." Turns out that wasn't really what I wanted, or whatever. However, she put it, I thought that was that was really an interesting little definitely that that is that it seems like I I, I turned it turns out I wanted all the wrong things. Yes. Yeah. That's that's it. And that's tough. And again, that does not excuse any of what is going on. But it, again, tells us that you know she she has pause about a lot of things that she's done. And this will be another thing that you add to that pause list, in my my opinion. Yeah. She should she shouldn't cap the pen quite yet. <laughs> let's still let's keep writing. Um, over at Bree's house. Um, Man, oh man, this beautiful, I mean, you get it. Um, Beautiful dinner, right? We're open to this beautiful dinner with the music playing and her whole family there. Um, Her kids just want a can of pork and beans or whatever it turns out. Oh my goodness, yes. Can't we ever have, uh, you know, does everything have to be cuisine? Uh, Could could we uh, have a... Yes, can we have a soup people have heard of? like navy, un- like navy bean or French onion, and we find out that her husband Bree's husband Rex is allergic to onion. So she's like, "Well, of, of course we couldn't have onion," and I absolutely refuse to uh, dignify. Yes, I'm not going to dignify your suggestion of navy bean. Um, and she wants way more appreciation for what she's done. And in fact, when Andrew says it's okay, and she says. Oh, it's okay. How do you think that makes me feel? Like to you know, um, and then all of a sudden she has an accusation uh, for Andrew. Are you doing drugs? Because uh, yeah. change because change in behavior is one of the warning signs, and you have been fresh as paint for the last six fresh months. Fresh as paint. Fresh as paint. That was good. That was good stuff by Bree. And Rex, you know, he's not jumping to her defense. 
No, not even a little bit. What did he say when she said you should say something and he said pass the salt? Amen. Ouch. No. no. Yeah, she's what he was looking for. Yeah, as the head of this family, do you have anything to say? Pass the salt. Yeah. Ouch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. oh, goodness, goodness. So um, they, they fast forward in their little story to that steakhouse with the salad bar. Oh, yes. Right. And and Rex does have something on his mind. He would like a divorce. And she doesn't want to talk about it at a at a place where they what did she say at a place where they the bathrooms are marked chicks and dudes. Yes. Yes. I was going to say like throw peanut shells on the floor, but I know that wasn't part of it, but Oh, that's so a place where you throw peanut shells on the floor. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, she do you, she goes to build him this salad and gets distracted by the nosy neighbor. Martha you, Hoover. Yes. Do you think she put the onions on the salad on purpose, or do you think she was really distracted? So I have this theory about that any mistakes we make, um, you know, like it used to be that, you know, there's a mistake and then there's a mistake and, you know, um, there are no accidents. I believe things are an accident because I absolutely would not do them again. Um, and mistakes, I absolutely would not do them again. I do think she was distracted. So when she does put the poisonous onions into Rex's salad, um, yes. I would only say that for me, um, I usually see onions like on top of the salad. They're not mixed in. I don't like onions necessarily, but I, I, I feel like my husband hates onion. And if he can smell an onion, like, you know, yes. he doesn't trust you ever again. You will never cook for him again if he thinks there's even a possibility you touched an onion while preparing uh, food that he might be eating. So it just yeah. seems interesting that, it you know, Rex was elbow deep in the salad before he started his anaphylactic shock. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. My colleague is very allergic to cucumbers and she can sense a cucumber if it's in the same room as her, like across the room. So I would agree with that. And I think, it, yeah, and and I have to imagine that he would have encountered onions before and, and you know, I, I think there's something to that. But he said, you know, she says it was a mis it was an accident. It was a mistake. Since when do you make mistakes? Well, what do you mean by that? And that is really, you know, it, that is a really telling moment. For sure. I would agree with that. And then we see her break down, but not in front of him. No, and she she really got it together before she came out of the bathroom where she had her five-minute cry because it didn't seem like she had red eyes or anything. So it seems like that she's she's got a rock-solid facade. I wrote this in my notes. What, does she have a glam squad in there with her? Because, man, if I blow my nose or have the the, the slightest, you know, twinge in my eye, I, I man, I just got to get back in bed and do this whole day over again. Because after I cry, I need a shower. Yeah. Yep. Same. Same. A shower and like some dry shampoo or some dry shampoo and like a, <laughs> a, like some dark sunglasses for the rest of the day. And what's, you know, what's interesting is Rex seems to point out, you know, what happened to this woman who used to um, drink milk out of the carton in front of the fridge? I just do not see Brie having done that. So no. maybe this is a retcon or something like that. I disagree. I just don't know about that. That doesn't track for me. I, I got nothing. Feels very, yeah, it, you know. He says, I can't live in this detergent commercial anymore. Well, you know what? Did 20 did twenty years of doing the things she did for you turn her into this? Right, right. Um, but I, I wish she could be vulnerable with someone. It makes me really want to, like, reach out and hug her. Um, and any of my friends that are feeling that they have to live this insta-worthy life uh, for whatever reason. And it sucks. Yeah, totally. It makes me feel like I want to go to, like, have a cocktail with her, like, sit. Yes! And just be like, woman, unload. Like, yeah. tell me how you really yeah. feel. <laughs> yes! Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay. So, so we kind of go, we kind of go uh, back over to the Youngs, where Zachary, who is Mary Alice's son, uh, wakes up to his father digging something up in the pool, and the narrator says that Zach has heard this one other time. One other time, yes, yes. I and can't wait to find out what's in there. 
I'm so delighted. It's so great. You know what? I we didn't plan this, but it's great that you. It's great that one of us knows and one of us doesn't know, and that way I can't ruin it for uh, our audience either. So that's great. Yeah. Um. But over at Lynette's house, Tom's back. So you wanted to know where her husband is. Here he is, Amanda. He's back, and he wants to do it. Like, I mean, not even kidding. Here's a ball, kids. Go out and play in the street while the street. I while I take mom. Um. And and he and she says, oh, I had to get off the pill. You're gonna have to put on a condom. And he's like, a condom? I mean, come on, let's risk it. What is it? Right. My we, my husband rewatched it with me, and we ah! punched him in the face. He laughed so hard. It was good. So it was such a perfect response. Like, are you kidding? Do you see her? She's covered in peaches from that baby. Like, she doesn't want to accidentally have another kid right now. I also love the line where she says, well, do you mind if I just lay here? <laughs> yes. And he's like, whatever. Yeah, no kidding. It's like, we're, we're, we're in good shape here. Um, and he's come home early because she was overwhelmed. But, I mean, the first thing that he needs is to take care of, of that. Um, and yeah. she's not she's not going to be pregnant when he gets back is the, the lesson he learns. Um, what he really should have done is taken the kids out for, like, a large turkey dinner. So that they would sleep for like a, a day so Lynette could sleep. That's I what he, love that. That's what he should have done. And sent her to a spa. And should have gotten somebody to clean her house. And yeah. and and uh, the list goes on, Tom Scavo. I've got a list for you. Come find me anytime. Um, the, the gardener, having taken care of things over at the Solis house, Except for the gardening, uh, Carlise is starting to get ticked, man. He he's yeah. uh, he gets he gets home and says the lawn doesn't appear to be uh, mowed. You know I've had it. You know I'm getting a new gardener, and Gabby's like, yeah, well, let's just get to the party. They have a party they need to get to with Tanaka. She's like, just get in the car. Yes, and then she pays off the bartender to keep the drinks coming so that she can run home. And he, by the way, what a jerk when he hands the keys to the valet. Oh he, like, yes, the keys at the valet and is like, take care of it. I was like, wow, you're kind of an a-hole, buddy. Kind of an a-hole. But I'll then... S- go ahead. Just, like, who do you think you are? Like, you know what I mean? So I love Gabby speeding home and in her beautiful <laughs> ball gown. Her beautiful yes! ball gown. Mowing was something that I had to ask my husband, like, is that what a lawnmower looked like in 2006? <laughs> because it looked a lot like a snowblower. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think of that. It looked like a lawnmower to me. What did he say? What's that? What? Oh, what did your husband say? He's, I don't even remember what he said, but it totally looked like a snowblower. And also, these people have millions of dollars. Why don't they have a riding lawnmower? Why uh, correct. Having a push mower. What? Correct. Okay. And uh, something I wanted to say about that gown that you, you know, uh, Ava Longoria, the one that she wore, uh, uh, she it was loaned to a Philadelphia high schooler named Melissa Saunders to wear to her senior prom because she uh, wrote in and asked if she could see more pictures of it so that she could locate a similar outfit and so they just sent her the dress and she said that when she got it there were still grass clippings in it <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, but super cool story that you got to you know that's a that was a super cool story that i thought was i thought we should put in there um yeah I she goes home and we need to find a picture of this girl in her prom dress and what size was that dress like a quadruple zero Said the same thing as like, yeah, I didn't, I couldn't have wore that when I was 12. So nothing, nothing to it. Also, I want to talk about you, uh, the, the Carlos piece. It was a 20 that, uh, Gabby gave that the waiter a 20 to make sure he had a drink in his, uh, hand all night. I assume this is a catered event and you're drinking for free, like liquors flowing. It's just a tip, but I mean, all night for 20 bucks. Yeah. That's not, that doesn't seem like enough money to, huh? Yeah, this is right. this is why these rich people stay rich. They're only tipping twenty bucks for all night service, and they're using a push mower. Right, 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 for sure. That looks like a snowblower. <laughs> again, again, I don't even know. I know what a snowblower looks like. I'm pretty sure, and I did not think it looked like a snowblower, but that just tells you that I I, I can't say with any confidence. Thank you. I'm We're gonna need you that. A my snowblower, and you'll see. We're gonna need that. I'm gonna need a lot of. I'm gonna need a lot of help. I'm. I'm girl childing this whole thing um i've never mowed a lawn in my life i don't drive the snowblower i just know okay true 
Okay, but I've, again, never, never mowed a lawn in my life. So best, best, best to Gabby for doing that. Oh, yeah, Gabby, I've never done that either. I, and I, she probably couldn't even Google. It's 2004. You can Google, I guess, but it's just not as prevalent. There probably was like there might not have been a YouTube video of it uh, for mm -hmm. me to even try to pretend that I could do it. Right. Um, and then we get to some uh, some hotter stuff, right? Uh, Susan sees Mrs. Huber shopping at, for antacid at the supermarket, saying she had some bad macaroni and cheese at the wake. Oh, circle back. And uh, she, you know, she needs to be in tip-top condition because Edie's uh, son is going to come stay with her while Edie entertains into the wee hours, if you know what I mean. Into the wee hours. Edie is planning on doing it. Mm. And again, own your sexuality. I uh, Good for her. But Susan absolutely thinks, great, that, that what, sausage puttanesca, and now he's in love with Edie and all this stuff. And she just, you know, she can't handle it. So she goes over to Edie's house with a measuring cup to borrow sugar to what? I mean, we already know she doesn't, like, her cooking is... But I love that she she hears that and, like, bolts out of the store. And the woman turns around and asks her a question and she's gone. Because Susan's yeah. off to go retrieve her man. No kidding. And uh, get home. What do I do? Measuring cup. Okay. Measuring cup. That To the rescue, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, it, she goes over to the house and she, you know, to stop her from having sex by asking for sugar. That'll just ruin the mood. It, it'll all be fine. She'll third wheel it after that. Maybe she'll be invited to, to have dinner with them. Um, and, and Susie. Take her out of the back porch. Like what? <laughs> and just let yourself in. Does anybody lock their door in this neighborhood? What the hell? Where's the police for this whole episode? Also, like, if I'm going to be naked in my house and somebody walks in, like, I don't know. I, I feel like the doors in my house are always locked anyway, but I'm definitely more aware of that when I'm going to be naked in my house. Like, But speaking of being naked in your house, like, if your friend, frenemy, whatever, is coming <laughs> over and sees your clothes strewn about and hears it, like... Your friend should get out of your house. No, she's going to make herself at home. She's going to sit down and have a drink. And light the place on fire. <laughs> and it's uh, hilarious. Susan um, uh, Susan sits down. She throws the measuring cup and apparently break it, it moves over a candle. And someone is seen. If you... Edie's bra. She had Edie's bra. Oh, no. Did I get it wrong? Oh, okay, because she'll leave the cup there. Thank you. Thank you for fixing that. Um, yeah. But you can see someone at 3822, you can see someone crawling on the right side of the screen, thanks to Emma Louise Jackson from the Desperate Housewives Ultimate Real Fans uh, group on Facebook for pointing this out. Susan sits down to drink wine, eat chocolate, and uh, I, I swore it was throwing the measuring cup behind her that ignited the fire, but man, no, fix me. I Thank you. Was, I think it was the bra. And then, because the, they show the measuring cup on the ground. So then I'm like, oh, are they going to catch her for arson? Yes, yes, there's got to be something, you, know, you leave your you leave your measuring cup there, right? Um, but we learned that she, the man Edie was apparently having sex with, I'm being totally uh, politically incorrect by assuming it was a man, upstairs, um, uh, that uh, that he has, he has smoke inhalation and is at the hospital. Susan perks up about it when she finds out that Mike hadn't been there. He's been at, uh, he's been at the movies. The movies. Yeah, yeah uh, life was suddenly full of possibilities, juxtaposed with watching the the Edie's house burn down. Yes, yes. So and sympathetic. Then, and then we find out that Mike is maybe up to something because he goes into his house and is talking on the phone to somebody about how he he's doesn't know yet, but he's getting closer. Because they're burning down houses in this neighborhood, somebody must be trying to hide something from him, and we see his gun. He has a gun. Yeah, he has a gun on his, he was packing the gun. Yes! The theater. Like, he took it off of him like he had it on him. I don't believe he was at the movie theater. That's I what he said. I don't think he was either. Skifty. Um, in the last scene, we have the ladies packing up Mary Alice's things and found out that she was a size 8. And that was, and Gabby says, oh, I found her dirty little secret. Gee, I wish that were my dirty little secret. I know, right? Right. Size eight, how how is absolutely tragic, um, and a letter. Not kind, not kind of her to to uh, say that. By the way, not kind. No, to, uh, my goodness, it's so frustrating. Um, found the letter. Yes. Yeah, and and the letter says, "I know what you did. It makes me sick. I'm going to tell." Mm -hmm. 
Now, one thing that bothers me about this is that uh, when they say um, it was a, a letter addressed to Mary Ellis on the day, uh, um, and look at the postmark. Oh, she got it the day that she, um, the day that she died. Yeah, that's not what a postmark means. No. So we can't know that that happened, but you know, whatever, for storytelling purposes, for selling the pilot, uh, so that you can make the rest of the series fine, we'll, we'll give that to you. Yeah. And it, and it, that, that last piece with the narrator, with Mary Alice saying, you know, I'm so sorry, girls, I never wanted you to be burdened with this. Mm-hmm. And for Susan to end saying, Mary Alice, what did you do as a, you know, yeah, as opposed to what's you know what, what was happening behind the scenes and made you sad but mary alice what did you do what did you do right accusatory for sure and that is the pilot amanda i can't wait to watch the next episode oh yes uh where we're where we're going next we'll always finish with that where we're going next is uh season uh, season one continue episode two ab underneath and we'll talk about the um we'll talk about the naming yeah well the naming that we finally get names for episodes so i'll be excited to talk about that episode title uh so until then i'm rachel and i'm amanda and thank you for listening to the desperate housewives podcast noisy fulfillment noisy fulfillment see you next week bye